We're here to help you navigate your business growth with strategic conversations and insights from experts in multiple industries. Welcome to Wayfinding Growth. This episode is brought to you by Impulse Creative. I'm Jackie, and if you want to see real results and work with great humans to grow your business, then Impulse Creative is your agency, and I'm your contact. Reach out to me through our website, impulsecreative.com today, and let's chart your course for growth. From a website that will get results to helping implement a marketing strategy, we're here to help your business grow. Welcome, Wayfinders. I'm Remington Begg. And hey, I'm Dan Moyle, and we are Matchy Matchy. <laughs> what up, Remington? Hey, we're so glad you are here watching and listening. Uh, on today's episode, we're talking with the founder of Social Media Examiner, author of the books Launch and Writing White Papers. That's not easy to say, by the way. Uh, and the man behind Social Media Marketing World, the industry's largest conference, Michael Stelzner. He's also host of the Social Media Marketing Podcast, founder of Social Media Marketing Society. The dude knows social media, I would say. Wouldn't you, Remington? Yeah, for sure. So, so you listened to my uh, conversation with Mike. What did yeah. you get out of this uh, as a listener the second time around? Yeah, super sorry. I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> right? He's, he's but, awesome, right? No, yes, he is. Yeah. So um, one of the things that I really loved about it, um, and it's fun because I got to see it before everyone else. Um, imagine yourself as the success, right? So a lot of times we're trying to figure out like how we get there. He's like, what does it look like? And he talked about, he talked about like, not just picturing it, but like imagining you're in it and like, what does it look like? And what are the steps to get there based on those things that it looks like? I thought that was very interesting because, you know, I'm blessed with a photographic memory, but a lot of times other people can't really visually like conceptualize things. And I thought mm -hmm. that it was a really cool exercise. The other thing was, um, you know, experience. That's what we're trying to, uh, that's what we're focusing on this season. But like leveraging the experience that wow you and figuring out the ways you can incorporate that into your customer's experience. In his case, you know, his event goers. Mm -hmm. But um, I thought that that was really neat because sometimes like that one second where you get that wow, that could be the difference between like success and failure in, in a lot of what you're doing in business. And if you are in control, of um, if you're in control of that experience with your prospects and your customers, uh, it can be a great way to turn the dial. Almost fits like that parallel markets thing I talk about all the time. Mm, yeah, definitely. And just imagine yourself having that high five guy. We'll leave right. it at that. Right. <laughs> like just those little moments. I like that, that micro moments. Um, so I loved it when, when Mike dove into the idea that even in today's super connected digital world where we're all interconnected, that we, that we want to truly connect with other humans in a much deeper way. Um, you know, we crave it, I think is what he said, or at least I thought of it anyway. Um, nothing beats face-to-face -face like we've talked about before. Even like even a video is great like this where we can see each other, but face-to-face -face in person right. is awesome. And, and I love how he said it. Uh, in fact, I, I wrote it down to like tweet it at some point and credit him. Uh, people come to events because they want to learn. They come back because of the connections. Hmm. I was like, mm, that's good. It kind of reminds me of the Maya Angelou quote, right? People don't remember what you said, but they remember how you made, you, you made them feel. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that was good. Uh, yeah, man, good stuff. I'm so glad that we had the opportunity. So here it is, friends. Season three, episode three, creating a live experience in a digital age. Michael Stelzner, let's set that course for growth. Woo! So ladies and gentlemen, the man, the myth, the legend, Michael Stelzner. Mike, thanks for joining Wayfinding Growth, man. Hey man, it's my pleasure to be here. I'm, I'm stoked. We, we were talking as our pre-interview about how excited I am to be coming to Social Media Marketing World finally. I've heard all about it. 
and I'm, and I'm stoked to get there. Uh, just like, yeah, this is awesome. And we've talked before for my podcast storytellers network. So I feel like we're just kind of, you know, old friends talking. Um, but for those who maybe don't know, I want to talk about Michael Stelzner about social media marketing world. Can you chart the course, the course for us? How did you get here to where you're running one of the most popular events in the marketing space, social media marketing world? 10 years ago, I was a writer and I wrote B2B uh, copy white papers. I wrote a book called Writing White Papers and I was really well known in the writing world. And I started Social Media Examiner almost exactly 10 years ago. So that's 2009 when everything started popping. Congratulations. And, uh, it just kind of exploded. And back then we were doing online events and it was, they were paid. That was funding everything we were doing. Then around 2013, we decided to try something crazy, which is to start a physical event. But it was because in 2012-ish, I had gone to Content Marketing World, which is which was Joe Polizzi's event. Mm -hmm. And I had seen him really calm. I was one of the keynoters with Brian Clark from Copyblogger. And I was like, how can you be so calm, Joe? He's all, well, there's people that put on events and they handle all the operations. And I'm like, what? So <laughs> I decided I was going to start it. And, and in 2013, started the very first year. Now we're coming up on year eight. That's awesome. Uh, so when I think of where we are now in 2019, 2020, this, this era, I think about how many times I'm pitched for webinars. I think about how many uh, times I see virtual events now, and we have these virtual summits. And I, and, and I think about me as a user and the experience that I have with those and like, they can be okay. Right. But, but you're talking 10 years ago, you were doing those things and now well, you're doing this live we event. The first, yeah, we started yeah. The, summit, the virtual summit. Uh, concept 10 years ago, our very first keynote was a guy who was known for wine. His name was Gary Vaynerchuk. <laughs> and um, we had about eight speakers, one of them, Mari Smith, and a number of others. And uh, we had, I don't know, thousands of people that paid to come here uh, about this thing called social media. And our theme was the wild, wild west. And we had a guy on horseback kind of going across the desert, you know, motif. And now, yeah, we don't do well, we actually still do one one event specifically on Facebook ads. That's an online paid event, but now they become kind of a normalized thing, if you will. And many of them are free nowadays and are really just disguised lead generation tools right. for sponsoring them. So why have we gone from that virtual thing back to live or to live or whatever it is? Because yeah. I mean, like we're all connected. This is a virtual world. What, what's so powerful about that live event thing? Well, as you know, because we were talking about how you've gone to inbound and because you guys work so much in the HubSpot community, there is, uh, there is a need for us that work online to come together every once in a while because the stuff that happens online can feel like a roller coaster, right? One moment we're famous, the next moment we're not. And it, there's a lot of vanity involved and a lot of people don't really know what to make of it because we're all working, you know, either in our houses or some back office somewhere inside of a business, you know, mm -hmm. and, uh, and a lot of times get coming together. This is why Facebook groups are so popular as well. Coming together, bringing people together around a common cause where they can not just learn, but they can meet and connect with other people that are like them is very powerful. And it used to be the way we did things back in the day before the internet. And it's becoming um, increasingly more popular now. I'm fascinated by that because you think about, I mean, just kind of going back to it, like we are 
we're, we're connected. You say getting people connected. We're connected, but it's not that face-to-face. It's not that in-person thing. That's so powerful, even in this digital world. So I love that point. How, how do you create that experience when we are together that fuels that growth and that is so important to live events? Oh my gosh, there's so much, so much we could talk about here. <laughs> First of all, um, we make it really easy for people to connect before they come to the event. So we have an app. And last year, I think there was 30 or 40,000 threads inside of this app of people wanting to connect. Hey, I'm coming from Arizona. Hey, I'm into tacos, you know, whatever it is. <laughs> and, and all these people were connecting so that when they came to the event, they, even though they were strangers, quote unquote, they, they got together. Does that make sense? So we uh-huh. make it really easy for people to find their tribe, whatever it is, mm-hmm. so that when they come here, because many of them are coming on their own, they don't feel like they're just showing up to this big 5,000 plus whatever experience and not knowing anyone. The other things that we do is we make it really easy for people to connect when they're here. We have this big space called the networking plaza. Imagine well over 100 big round tables with signs on them. One of them would say podcasting. Another one might say regulated industries. Another one might say Facebook ads. And you can just sit at that table and other people will sit at that table and you can start conversations with people that share things in common with you. And you don't see this at a lot of other events. And that's just like one of a bazillion things that we do. Yeah. And, and why is it so important to create an experience at a, at a live event? Well, this is a marketing principle. Um, people come because you know they come to events because they want to learn something but they come back because of the connections that they make people have often referred to us as like the summer camp for marketers (laughs) i love that (laughs) and there is something if you think about going to summer camp and seeing the same people that you've met before and developing those relationships with those people that is that is something that is really really important um, and kind of transcends the product, if you will. Because what ends up happening when you go to the right events and, and, and it's made easy for you to connect with people, you find people that start mastermind groups. You find people that might be your next employer. You find people that might be your next customer. Um, and you find people that you might go into business with. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of stuff that you never forget. And what's really cool, as you know, Dan, Um, It could take a long time on Twitter or Facebook to interact with people and get to know them. But in mere minutes, you can make a connection with someone by looking them in the eye and having a real connection. And that stuff goes with you when you leave the event. And that's only facilitated ideally in an experience that's built and engineered so that that's easy. Because a lot of people are not extroverts like I am. Mm -hmm. And if you make it easy for even the introverts, man, the stuff that they can achieve as a result of that is amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, hundred percent. I I've heard it said the the magic happens in the hallways. As amazing as the speakers can be and the tracks can be, and like you said, you come for that, but then right. you stay and you come back for the magic that happens in the hallways. I love that. Yeah. How so? When you're talking, thinking about engineering, as you for your word, that experience. Right. Is that how? How do you include that experience, quote unquote, in your strategic planning? How do you talk about that? It's really kind of fascinating. First of all, it has to do with engineering a room. So when you walk into a room, so that it's designed to make it easy for people to um, get into that room um, and flow 
and capacity planning, for example, you know, in an ideal world, you don't want to be in a room where uh, it's too big. So part of it is engineering the, uh, the speaker to the size of the room so that ideally they have a full house, even if it's a small room, to create that really intimate experience. The other part of it has to do with music. So we use music strategically to set signals into people's brains before sessions. We've actually worked with brain engineers, believe it or not, to help kind of understand what kind of music gets people ready to learn. Hmm. Um, we use entertainment on the keynote stage to kind of loosen people up, get them laughing, get them comfortable so that they'll be ready to receive whatever the message is that's going to be communicated. Um, we actually have people all around that literally just high five people. That's hmm. all they do. We've got this one guy called the high five guy. We've got people that cheer as you come up the escalator. We have people going up and down with signs that says, you're amazing. Just this small little kind of stuff. Um, sometimes we have um, people lined up and they're just cheering as you walk through into a room. Hmm. And this is all done because we know that's the kind of stuff when you were in high school that you thought was really cool, right? That's the kind of stuff that just gets you kind of jazzed up and excited. And, and, and that kind of thinking we even go beyond that, Dan, we put toothbrushes and toothpaste, disposable toothbrushes in the bathrooms because we're at a convention center and we don't want people who are tired to feel like they have to go back to their hotel room to brush up or to freshen up. So we, we put mouthwash in there and we just, we make it so that we even have a quiet lounge, a place where there's no talking. So people that need to just wind down and veg mm -hmm. and veg. Back so to those introverts. Stuff, <laughs> this is the kind of stuff that we think about, you know? Yeah. So you, I mean, it's really, it really is a huge thread from what I can hear experience is that big thread between all of these discussions, whether it's the quiet lounge for the introverts, the, the toothbrush to, to freshen up um, yeah. the, 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 the room, you know, when you say it, it can't be too big. Cause then we feel like it's not intimate. Right. And it's, and it's like, well, this place is empty, even though there's a hundred people in there, it feels like it should hold a thousand. It's just too empty. Right. But yeah. And then, so, so that's, man, it's so one, not, more thing, one more thing, even on the engineering of a room, You've been at some events where there's a small stage at the end of a really long room, right? And you're in the mm -hmm. far back of it and you feel like you're in the nosebleed section. Mm -hmm. We'll rejigger the stage so it's along the long side of the wall. So that the, so that the depth of, so it has the exact same number of seats in the room, but the depth of it is not very deep so that everybody feels like they're close, quote unquote, mm -hmm. to the stage. Yeah. That's the kind of stuff that we think about when we think about user experience. So it doesn't happen on accident. You have, you have to think about these things and work with the professionals. You don't have to, but if you don't, then maybe you won't have the kind of impact that we have. That's fair. Yeah. So like how has uh, this live event helped social media examiner grow? As we talk about wayfinding growth and yes. things that are growth, how has it helped growth? Well, we've always been pretty large. You know, uh, we've had 85 million people read our blog and over the last 10 years, more than 20 million downloads on our podcast. So when you think about it, just getting 5,000 people into a space is small compared to the size of our audience, but it has developed a level of loyalty, fandom, um, advocacy for us that is so valuable, I can't even explain it. Hmm. It kind of turns people into super fans. Hmm. And when that happens, you don't have to market as hard because what happens is these people tell all of their network. And I hear from people that said, I came last year and now I brought like 10 people from Germany. 
you know, it's amazing. That's, that's the kind of stuff that, it, that you can accomplish with something like that. Yeah. So no matter how big the room is, and some people listening right now might just have something local in their city with 10 or 15 people over breakfast, you can still accomplish the exact same effect because there's something very powerful about caring for people, no matter how big the crowd is. Something very powerful about caring for people, no matter how big the crowd is. I love that. That's powerful, Mike. Um, so let's turn the tables on you. I'd like to hear uh, about your shipwrecks. Uh, not, not everything is perfect, I'm sure. Um, so what's a, what's a shipwreck you've had in this whole journey? Well, one shipwreck that kind of turned out to be okay was literally it was two days before the conference in 2019. And my director of events, um, his father died. And he, he was going to just try to smile and get through it. And we sent him home. Hmm. So when the leader of your event is not there, that could be a huge shipwreck. That's almost like the captain saying, I'm going to get on a little, a little <laughs> thingy and I'm going to go. Uh, you guys are going to have to figure out how to captain the ship. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And uh, we got through it really okay, only because we had a really, really, really good team. And what ended up happening was the blessing in disguise was that a lot of people that uh, have been on the team for a long time had the opportunity to step up. It's kind of like the quarterback gets injured, right? And the second quarterback comes in and just crushes it, right? Mm -hmm. So it ended up working perfectly. And um, the little things that happened turned out to not be as important. And we just kind of united together to make sure that there was no problems at all, but it could have gone really, really, really bad. Yeah, absolutely. And in the face of adversity, your right. team stepped up. How do you craft, how do you, how do you engineer that kind of team to be able to step up? Fortunately, it happened when we were all in training a couple of days before the event. Hmm. And I personally went to a couple of people that were employees and some people that were contractors that were specially brought in. And I just said, Hey, I need you to step up. And they didn't, I almost didn't even need to say it. They kind of knew, hmm. you know what I mean? And they stayed up all night, figured out what needed to happen and they did it. And I just made sure that I was their biggest cheerleader. I went up to them, encouraged them the whole way hmm. and just told them, Hey, you guys got this. Everything is working, working really, really well. And then at the very end, when we had our party, I asked everybody to give them like a standing ovation because they worked so hard to make it all happen. Mm -hmm. So supporting as, as the leader, yes. uh, you know, above even the director of events, like you, you don't know everything going on, but so, yeah. so losing him was huge. But then as they stepped up, you support them with encouragement. That was, that's a good lesson. It's really to important that. to know that they, the director of events always tells everyone to not task me with anything, treat it like it's Mike's wedding. <laughs> Do not bring any of your problems to him because that's our job. So I never was involved with the operations of this event. So I, fortunately, I, fortunately I was free. My normal role is just to greet people. That's it. I just walk the halls and talk to people. Mm -hmm. So I was just very much able to like, you know, just step in because, because, you know, um, I could just see the issues, but it turned out everything went well. Yeah. So I was, yeah surprised so awesome. you could have said it was a shipwreck but it turned out to actually be um we got a better ship as a result of it almost yeah and it sounds like a very proud moment but if we think about other moments that you've had over the years yes. so let's share a a proudest moment that you've had when it comes to social media marketing world 
Oh, boy. Um, the very, I had this dream when I was younger that I was going to be in this room and all these people were surrounding me and they were applauding me and for, they were, they were congratulating me on my success when I was like 20 hmm. and I'm 51 right now. So you got to understand, like I was in my forties when social media marketing world started. And, um, I just accepted the fact that this dream was just a dream and it would never become a reality. But after the very first social media marketing world in 2013, when there was like 1,100 people there, everybody came up to me and said, this is the best experience I've ever had in my life. And these are people that put on much bigger events. And I realized at that moment that that was my dream that I'd always had kind of becoming real. Because I just kind of dismissed it as like, well, I don't know what the heck that dream was all about. <laughs> mm -hmm, but that, mm -hmm. that was my proudest moment, the very first year that I did what appeared to be the impossible because it's absolutely unheard of to have over a thousand people at your event for the very first time. Yeah. And, uh, we did it. So uh, what I know of you, Mike, you're a humble guy. You're uh, you've got a, a strong center. Um, you've got a faith that I think teaches humility. How do you take that dream and that moment when it happens mm -hmm. and have a proud moment, but then still have that humility where you don't walk in or into a room and think, I'm the best there is because I had this happen to me. Like, how do you balance those two things? I just did nothing with it hmm. other than just say, hey, there's that dream coming true. Mm -hmm. And instead, I just said, I have a desire to have more people experience this hmm. so more people can walk away inspired. And uh, that, that's, really, that's really all I did. I didn't really brag about it at all. We celebrated for a little bit. Obviously, we had a little dinner afterwards with the tiny little crew we had back then because it was a <laughs> small ragtag crew, not like it is today. And uh, and we just like had a really good dinner and and slept really well. And it was a high that lasted for a couple of days. And then that was it. Yeah. Can you, can you imagine that small crew back then? Yeah. And then now you have this. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, and, and then I love what you said too, is that you want other people to experience this. Yes. I don't hear you saying... I wanted a bigger crowd so I can get more claps. Yeah. No. You want people to experience it and walk away with, with that uh, learning those connections, this world of social media marketing. Right. So yeah, no, that's yeah. good. I just want to have a bigger impact on more people. And, mm -hmm. um, and I know that I already have a really huge impact on a lot of people, but it's, I used to have this dream that I wanted to get 20,000 people to social media marketing world because that's what I experienced at inbound. And then I realized, you know what? just because I experienced that in inbound doesn't mean that should be my dream. And now I don't really care how big it gets. I just care about making it a really good experience uh, for as many people as choose to come. And of course we want to grow every year. That's always a mission, but if there's every year we don't grow, I mean, I'm okay with that. Hmm. That's cool. That's a good, I think that's another good lesson that humility that you, that you want to grow. And, and, and if you don't, maybe you'll figure out why, but like you don't take it personally. Yeah. I mean, it's at just, a certain point, I may, you know, at a certain point, this conference may just tap out at a certain size and that's what it is, you know, mm -hmm. and I got to be okay with that. And, and if that's the case, then I'm just going to go ahead and move on to creating other experiences in addition to the conference mm -hmm. and figure out another way to maybe reach and impact more people. Mm -hmm. Which, which I see social media examiner doing. I mean, you've had your YouTube shows, uh, you know, uh, Wistia calls them series, but whatever you want to call it, like you've created video content. You've done obviously the podcast forever. You, I mean, so you've kept doing that and reinventing and evolving. Yep. So yeah, that's nice. Nice work. Um, if you think about this journey, 
-hmm. and we, we have our navigational tools that we use as we take our journeys, right? Right. What is a navigational tool that you have gone back to again and again that you want people to kind of think about when it comes to live events and, and experiences? I think, I don't know if this is a tool or not, but I think it's really important to document what worked and what didn't work so that we don't have to reinvent the wheel every year. Mm. <laughs> because the reality is when you do something as long as we've been doing it, there's going to be new people that come and there's going to be people that go and that knowledge cannot live inside of people's heads. So the key thing is to, I guess, if you will, draw the nautical lines, right? Make the maps so that anyone can follow the map who chooses to come along on the ship, on the journey with us. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is an absolutely essential thing that any business do for anything they ever do, period. Because just to rely on your mind to be able to recall what worked and what did not work is madness in my opinion. Okay. So processes and documentation, right? That's really, yeah. and making sure, making sure that we're revisiting those maps, right? Because mm -hmm. while I may be the best navigator there is, if I don't look back at my maps when I'm about to start a new journey, then that's kind of crazy because mm -hmm. I'm infallible. I mean, I'm fallible. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. I follow. <laughs> I'm, I'm not infallible, sorry. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> awesome, Mike. That's good. Um, so as so as a wayfinder to others, yes. as you help people get through this and stuff and you give us advice, what is your first piece of advice or maybe your biggest piece of advice that you give, give people as that wayfinder? Maybe it's two different things. Visualize, visualize what you want to achieve. Mm -hmm. Imagine a future that does not exist and say, what would it be like if, fill in the blank, right? What would it be like if we doubled our number of customers in the next 12 months? What would it be like if we took over an aircraft carrier for our opening night party, mm -hmm. which we did for years, by the way. Um, I hope it comes back, by the way. <laughs> yeah, we don't use it anymore because it got really pricey to rent an aircraft carrier. Uh -huh. But um, what would it be like if you fill in the blank, you know, um, how would this, you know, and you just kind of, you kind of imagine what the future could be like if you could achieve whatever it is. And then once you've got that vision, then you kind of, can do what I call a backwards. You can imagine if you, as if you've already achieved it. And then you can say, what did I do just before I got there? What did I do just before I got to that step? And you can mm. backwards map the whole thing out and you'll have your plan. And it's a really cool exercise that I think anybody can use for anything that they want to achieve. Mm. That's great advice. Yeah. Vision, vision boards, that kind of stuff, but like envision it. And then back reverse engineer it, right? Act as if you've already achieved it. Yeah. So, you know, like if your goal is to double your number of customers, say, what do we do in like month 11 before we doubled our customers? Like, oh, we were on television. Oh, okay. We were on television. All right. Well, what do we do to get on television? You know, and then you just kind of, you kind of move it backwards until you have an entire plan. Mm -hmm. And, and these big, crazy, audacious things don't seem so crazy anymore. Then yeah. you just, uh, invest in the right people to get you there. That's right. And the next step, a marathon's one step at a time. Uh, uh, awesome. Mike, this is so much fun. I, I really enjoyed you opening up the door a little bit to social media marketing world. Uh, where can people find information on that to come to this 
amazing experience. Well, if you go to socialmediaexaminer.com, uh, you'll see it advertised all over the darn place. <laughs> um, and, or you can just Google social media marketing world and you'll get right there. Perfect. Is there anything that I didn't ask you that you want listeners to know when it comes to experience and live events? I'm sure there's a million things that we could have <laughs> talked about. Right. Um, what I would encourage people is if they want to create an experience, think of an experience that you've been to that was amazing. For example, Disneyland or Disney World. What was it about Disneyland or Disney World that was amazing? Oh, it's those awesome people greeting me with a smile when I check in. Bingo. Okay. Do you have awesome people greeting you with a smile when you check in? Oh, it was the people taking pictures of me as I come through the door and handing me a little card so I can get that later. Oh, maybe I should do something like that. Oh, it was why I'm waiting in line for the Indiana Jones ride that they have all these cool things so that the line experience isn't bad. Huh? Wonder if I could create an awesome line experience. You know, mm -hmm. you just kind of take any experience you've ever had that has blown your mind. And you just say, what was it about this that was so freaking amazing? And then you take the pieces of it that work for you and you apply it. Hmm. Excellent advice. No surprise, no disappointment, Mike. You are awesome. Michael Stelzner, Social Media Marketing World, Social Media Examiner. Thanks for being a Wayfinder, my friend. Thank you for allowing me to come on and share my thoughts. Thank you for listening. If you like this episode, please share it. Post it, tweet it, gram it, email a friend. Give the gift of knowledge to someone you know that could benefit from it. And if you really loved it, please consider leaving a rating and written review on your podcast player of choice. And as always, go to wayfindinggrowth.com for resources and past episodes. Remember, we're here to help you navigate your business growth with strategic conversations and insights from experts in multiple industries. Thank you for listening to Wayfinding Growth.